This is episode seven of Coco Explains It All. On today's episode, we will be discussing the documentary, The Social Dilemma. I recommend everyone jumps into this one with an open heart, with an open mind, and do your own research. And then also, I'm going to come up with a couple of suggestions on how we can create a better environment with technology. So... If you have not already watched this documentary, it's available on Netflix. I'm sure everyone has a Netflix account. Um, A little about it, it is a drama, a documentary drama on how technology companies have manipulated human psychology with insanely dire consequences for our society. It received an 88% rating in Rotten Tomatoes was released in January 2020, directed by Jeff Olowski and produced by Larissa Rhodes. Currently, it is trending at number nine in the U.S. Top 10 on Netflix. I have officially watched it twice. I felt that it was important for me to watch it one time without taking any notes and the second time diving in, taking notes and doing my research as I go along. Been working on it for a little over a week and a half because I wanted to make sure that everything was credible and factual. I do not, do not like to speak on things unless it is factual, which reminds me, we also have to say something at the end of this and it's not going to be easy. (laughs) So where do I begin? This documentary was very cool. It kept me engaged, that's for sure. It was filmed um, half interview, half dramatization, filmed footage with a couple of actors that are pretty well known um, because I believe they wanted to paint a picture for the audience. Now, please excuse the train in the background. I live in New York. We all know what that means. (laughs) Go ahead, train. Make your way. Thank you. So what I want to dive into first is a little bit about the tech experts that are being interviewed. Um, When the documentary begins, it's Silicon Valley workers, computer science theorists, and they're basically speaking on the dangers of algorithm-based technology. The first major name that's mentioned is Tim Kendall. Tim Kendall is the former president of Pinterest and former director of monetization for Facebook. He is currently the CEO of an app called Moment that he hopes will break social media's addiction. What his biggest worry is, is that social media will inevitably create a civil war somewhere down the line in the near future. I don't disagree with him. The next gentleman is a former computer scientist and philosophy writer, and his name is Jaron Lanier. He has no social media accounts, and he writes about the dangers of these gadgets and social media itself. A book he has written is called The 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now. And he argues that if we continue to use social media, it could ruin our civilization. This is now another tech person that is saying this. And and these are people, I want to remind you, that 
work high up in these companies and formerly worked in these companies. They helped to build these softwares. So they know exactly what is going on and they're telling us in this documentary. Tristan Harris is co-founder president of Center for Humane Technology. He still works in tech in Silicon Valley uh, doing technology ethics and he formerly worked for Google. He was in charge of digital well-being initiatives. So he had definitely a lot to say and I am not going to lie to you guys. I began to get scared. And the reason why I began to get scared is because I realized that we are pawns in this game of chess. We are the bait. And there's no way out of it. So what do we do moving forward now that we know this information and it's being brought to light? I am working on figuring that out. And I feel like that's been my constant back and forth with myself, causing me extreme anxiety, by the way. But I've been thinking about it for the past month. And watching this documentary um, opens up my eyes a lot more. So I'm going to touch on a lot of the things they talk about and give you my own opinion versus also what they are saying and if I agree or not. Social media is basically competing for our attention. So anything down to when your apps are being updated, the copying of other app ideas, for example, everyone has Instagram and, or some may not, and that's fine, but those that have Instagram recently noticed an update called Reels. Now, everyone knows that this form of software that Instagram has integrated and updated for us comes from TikTok. TikTok allows you to do 15 seconds to one minute of footage, being creative or whatever it may be, and you get to post that. It is one of, in my opinion, the greatest forms of creativity that I have seen on a social media platform. Now, I was one of these people that said TikTok is for kids and TikTok doesn't make sense. I don't need another addition to social media. But I downloaded it because I wanted to see what the big deal was and why people were growing so rapidly on it. Hear me out, you guys. Once I got on it, I was hooked. I noticed that hours would go by after I would be on it. I also noticed that I learned so much. But one of the things I noticed the most is it's not a lazy app. Here's how I learned that it's not a lazy app. When you update something on, when you post something up on Instagram, initially you take a photo even let's just say you go out to dinner. You go out to Carmine's with your friends. You take a picture of your food in a cute little angle and you post it up with a caption. Throw a little filter on it. Send. Post. Millions of people can see it. You can throw in hashtags as well. But that is all you did. You see how simple that was? You don't have to be a photographer to do it. Now, when you go over to TikTok, I decided, let me try these videos that these people are doing because I don't want to say that all I saw were these Gen Zers 
that's not all I saw. They were also adults, full business owners, gym rats, you name it, doctors, dentists. I learned so much on TikTok. But what I learned mostly is you have to have a crazy, crazy amount of creativity and patience. It takes so much to make one video, to make it at the caliber that these creators are making it. And I didn't realize that until I did my own videos. I tried one of the, this one sounds ridiculous, but I tried the Savage dance. Now, I used to be in dance class since a little girl. I did gymnastics, hip hop class at Broadway Dance Center for many years of my life. But when I did this, the, the sweat that I broke, you guys, and the aggravation that I felt for not being able to get it, it was ridiculous. And I, I realized that it took me over 20 minutes to do a video that's 15 seconds. And then I started to notice I don't even have half of the creativity that these children have, that these people have. I don't want to say only children. And it's insane the level of commitment you have to have to grow on TikTok. I have so much respect for it now. And I'm almost bored going through Instagram because it's such an easy cop-out when you see so many creatives only wanting to stay there. And I can see why, because it's so frustrating and um, it's a lot more work on TikTok. You have to outcreate the next person. And then the algorithm, for example, if I watch one makeup video, one girl doing her makeup, the next day, I have literally 30 girls doing their makeup as I scroll. And that's kind of the material that I love. But then I watch a video about business and I start scrolling and then I have more videos on business. That is how the algorithm works. And that is exactly what this documentary is talking about. So the question really is, and I want you guys all to think about this because I'm thinking about it as well. I don't want you to think that anything that I'm suggesting or asking, I'm not doing myself. I definitely am. And I've also practiced something that I want to offer to you guys to practice as well. How much of you are you willing to give up? How much of your attention, your time, your life, and your future are you willing to give up for technology and social media? Jaron Lanier states, it's the gradual, slight, imperceptible change in your own behavior and perception that is the product. So basically, we, all of us, are the product. And with advertising and our engagement in social media, all of the ads that we see, all of the curation, all of the times that you sit down with your friends and talk about, let's see, the vacation you want to go on. And then when you get home and you're scrolling through your Twitter and all of a sudden it says, hey, come join us at the Bahamas for an all-inclusive trip. Boom. That's exactly what's happening. And I know we're all seeing it. It is very, very real. And we have to make sure that we don't let it take over us. Because what the internet is doing, what technology is doing, it's changing what we do 
it's changing how we do it. It's changing how we see things and who we are as individuals. It's insane. Everything, everything that we do on the internet is heavily monitored down to the amount of time we look at a photo. That can be ridiculously scary. They, as in Facebook, these corporations, these tech companies, uh, these computer softwares, they take our data and it's, it's not only just to take our data and store it, let's be real. And they mention this, but the data, they don't care about our lives. They don't care about what we do and who we're doing it with or why we're doing it. They care about our data because they want to take it to build better models and better software to control a better monitor that predicts what we do and how we do it so that they, in the end, can make more money. It sounds ridiculous, but it is extremely 100% fact, and it is happening beneath our eyes, and we are all falling for it. So one of the gentlemen mentions that there are three important things that these algorithms, that these softwares do. And those three things are engagement, growth, and advertising. With engagement, they want to drive up the usage to keep us scrolling. With growth, they want to keep you coming back. They want you to promote to your friends. And with advertising, they want to make sure that engagement and growth are happening and that they are making tons of money in advertising. All three of these things are called algorithms. And an algorithm, in case you don't know, is a process or a set of rules to be followed in calculations or in other problem-solving operations, especially by a computer. I got that directly from the internet verbatim. And for example, let's talk YouTube. I have a YouTube channel and for me to do one video, this is, I'm going to give you guys a little behind the scenes and, and maybe even on my YouTube channel, I'll do a behind the scenes of what it takes for me to film an episode. Because one thing that I've noticed is people don't understand the work that goes into it. With my YouTube channel, I do tons of research. So I'll pick a topic that I'm interested in and I make sure it's in my niche, of course. And I have to make sure that it is trending, it's in high ranking, who else is talking about it, why they're talking about it, is it credible? Then I want to build certain tags, tags, hashtags is what I mean, so that once I do create this video and I edit the video, down to the title has to be specific. It has to be worded specifically. The photo, the thumbnail has to look specific and make sure it pops enough. My hashtags have to have the perfect statements or uh, word phrases. Algorithms learn about our ways by surveilling our every move on the internet. And it's getting crazy because technology and the people behind it have created a world where technology is the priority over a real human connection. And we notice it every day because we do it. We do it when we go out with our friends. Have you noticed that there used to be a time where you can go to a party back in the day and everyone's actually enjoying the party? But 
today you have, let's say, a game night and everyone's on their phone. Everyone is getting distracted. They'd rather be messaging someone that's not with them when they got up to enjoy a night with someone they haven't seen in a long time that they could be connecting with. It's the weirdest thing. And I, I do it as well. We all do it. But I feel that we should really work on that. So think about that. Uh, how we are programmed. This, this one really took me because I realized how, how much it's been done to me. And I'm so glad I'm able to realize that. And I hope that you can too as you're listening to this, even when you're watching it. The manipulation of human behavior for a profit is basically what tech companies are doing by setting algorithms. It's a complete manipulation. It's basically if I'm scrolling on inter- on the internet and I know that I've reached a part on Instagram where I, honestly this doesn't even exist anymore. Let me trace that back and I feel like I just came to that <laughs> epiphany, but think about it. Do you remember a couple of years ago when you would be on Instagram and you'd finally reach that point where you've caught up to when the last time you were on Instagram? And now the way that the algorithm is, no matter how much you scroll, you never there's never an end. There's always something new. There's always an advertisement that may catch you and you end up clicking it and and inquiring, figuring out, do I even need this in my life? Or you'll make excuses on why you may need it. Um, You receive a a million DMs. Uh, Think about the times that you are direct messaging and texting the same person, but having two separate conversations. We do it every single day. (laughs) I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but look at how social media has us. It's a complete distraction from what's going on in the present moment. And I'm not saying that the information we'd we'd be receiving is false or negative, but it's taking away from the time that the time, the money, the effort, the success that you can be making for yourself in reality, as in at the moment. If you noticed the infinity scrolling, the refreshing of our social media pages, and literally buying into everything and believing what we see just because we saw someone randomly post it. All of these memes that we repost, who wrote them? Who wrote them? And how do we know that they're true? So what I started doing, especially the past, what, six, seven months, ever since Uh, I started to have no distractions because of COVID, of course. I wanted to make sure that before I posted a meme, that it was the correct information, that it was a fact, because there's a lot of fake news going around and you never know how many times and, and, and what is real or false. So that is another suggestion I have. I had to throw that Easter egg in there. It's extremely important. How else are we programmed? Add recommendations. They're personalized and based on everything you do on your device. The data isn't only collected to predict. 
but mostly to influence what we do and how we do it. And it continues to control our behavior. Think about it. Now, another gentleman talks about growth hacking. Growth hacking is done by a team of engineers whose job is to hack people's psychology so they can get more, more growth, more people, more money, more advertising, more control. Basically, in a nutshell, we are lab rats and we are completely clueless about it. Why are we clueless about it? Because we don't even realize that it's hurting us and not helping us. This was a quote that was on the documentary that I literally had to post. And it says, there are only two industries that call their customers users, illegal drugs and software. By Edward Tooft. I hope I said that correctly. Now, I will say social media is a complete drug. The internet is a complete drug. And I want to jump into one important topic. And the company Apple, I know many of you know this. Uh, this was probably a couple of maybe now two years that they have this. Could be two, maybe a little bit more. But I want to speak on the importance of screen time and what screen time is and how you can use it to better your mental health <laughs> and to kind of remove yourself from overindulging on social media. Now, uh, for this past week, I know on my last episode, I did a five-minute episode because I needed to disconnect. It was imperative for me and for my mental health to let go and disconnect from social media for a while. One thing I noticed is I have not been off of social media since CompuServe 2000, since dial-up started, since we had AIM. I remember those days, and I was probably in the seventh grade. And I, since that day, since that time, have never taken a break from the internet in its entirety. I've either needed it for school, for work, for personal reasons, because I'm emotional, because I'm happy, because I want to scream from the rooftop that I maybe got a new job or I'm in love. Whatever the case is, I've never jumped off of it. I noticed that, especially through the pandemic, my level of anxiety, my brain would hurt, literally. And I didn't know what to believe. I didn't know what to think. I was over-emotional. I felt as though I was losing my mind. I am being as honest as possible right now and as open as possible. So I told my husband, I am deleting all social media. So I deleted Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I have all of Oh, and Pinterest as well. I deleted all of these social media platforms. And in deleting that, I also did not post up any of my material for my YouTube channel. 
Because in order for me to do that, I have to be on social media to do my research and see what's trending. And I just needed a moment to myself to recuperate and rejuvenate and just detox completely. When I tell you that I went the entire seven days without it, I didn't even feel tempted. There were moments where I felt so disconnected that I didn't know what was going on outside in the world. I noticed that the majority of the news I receive, the majority, I had a case of FOMO, fear of missing out. I felt like there was so much news and so many memes and things I was missing out on. And I was also worrying or wondering about how many messages and notifications I would have when I turned my phone back on. That to me is a problem. And that to me sounds like an addiction. So what I'm going to be doing moving forward is using screen time to limit myself on social media. I will only be using social media to post about my business and about my YouTube channel and my podcast. I am trying to leave the emotion and the opinion and the happiness out of it because I want to do all of that in my reality. And I want to give myself the opportunity to just be without wondering if I'm going to get the right amount of likes, without wondering who's going to like my video first and who cares enough to repost it and why they may repost it and why they didn't. And all the assumptions that come with social media and acceptance and self-worth and identity. There are so many issues that are going on in the world and a lot of it is being caused by social media. The documentary has so many statistics on self-harm and suicide rates. And I want to touch on those a little bit because we notice this, but we don't do anything about it. And the issue of self-worth and identity with social media has truly affected children, especially those Gen Z who in the middle of school, as they mentioned, I think it was middle school, is when they received social media and the internet. So it was so fresh to them at such a young age where they can't really understand and compartmentalize (laughs) their feelings and, and their thoughts on what social media is doing to them. You see a beautiful girl, her nose is done, her lips are done, she has a million filters on, and she's selling a version of herself that doesn't exist in reality. And so what happens is a domino effect. There's a little girl at home, or boy, and they're seeing this, and they want that, they want to be that. They also may think that they're not where they need to be, and they see someone their own age doing a lot more than them. It can put a damper on on everything that they're doing in their day-to-day life. I know it's happened to me before. Has it happened to you? I've literally cried because someone that is my age and we have sort of the same lifestyle, they make it before I do. And I never wanted to call it envy, 
it was it was social media because then you may see that person in real life and realize it's really not all that you've painted it to be. And I'm not saying that's the case, but it can be because with social media, you can create a version of yourself that doesn't exist and you don't even have to prove it because there is someone around the world on the other side that's going to believe it and they'll take whatever information you're spewing out and they'll live by it. And you don't know if it's helping or harming them. So it's very scary. Out of 100,000 girls since 2009, the U.S. hospital admissions for non-fatal self-harm self sorry, said that by 189 percentile, girls the age of 10 to 14 were harming themselves because of social media because of the issues with self-worth and identity. And girls age 15 to 19 had a percentage of 62, 62. And this is higher than what it used to be in the past years before social media became what it is. For the suicide rates, girls ages 10 to 14 went up in suicide 151%. Girls ages 15 through 19 went up by 70%. I want to challenge everyone to do something. And I'm going to challenge myself as well. I'm going to take two days. And the reason why I'm saying two days is because it's an easy way to start. <laughs> and it's not anything that's too cutthroat. But everyone usually has two days off from work. Usually. I'm not speaking for everyone, but mostly. So I want you to take those two days and disconnect completely. What I mean by disconnect, disconnect from your iPhone or your Android, disconnect from your computer, your laptop, your iPad, even your television. Two days. And maybe see what it does to you. Keep a diary of those two days and see how you feel throughout the day. Are you feeling a little triggered? Are you feeling like you're antsy and anxious and you don't know what to do with yourself? Try to diagnose yourself and see how you feel. And then once you do that, you'll know I may have a little problem or you'll figure out a way to find something within those two days that you genuinely love. A little bit of disconnection allows you to um, target different things within you that you didn't even know were there. So what I plan to do is to write a lot more. I find that I love to write. I've always loved to write. But what I've noticed is I wrote more when social media wasn't as important as it is in today's age. So disconnecting from all of this and having no distractions is going to allow me to reconnect with a lot of the things that I love. And also I feel like it builds a sort of strength to know that you can get by without needing a phone or any, any type of technology. There's a different level of strength one has when they've been able to experience life with and without technology. I had the privilege of that. Uh, I feel that bridge millennials and uh, some of the Gen Z had the privilege of being a little older 
and having social media, but also having to write a paper by going to the library and reading through seven different encyclopedias. People today, kids today, they don't know what that is. They panic at the sign of not having GPS and not knowing which direction to go in. They panic at the fear of not having anyone to communicate with at any given time. We used to have pay phones. We, we used to have to wait until we got home to speak to someone or listen to a voicemail someone left us. So I say challenge yourself and, and see how you can nourish yourself in a different way for better results. And try to practice it maybe once a month or once every three months. Do it as a challenge with some friends and family. Do something like this to, to change and to grow. Not as a phase, not as a fad, but just to clear your mind a little bit. Because if you think about it, a lot of us have not had the opportunity to disconnect. And... One thing they mentioned in the documentary, in the documentary, I'm not sure exactly who it was, but um, I believe it was Tim. Technology has evolved more than the human brain. And they gave the example of a car. A car has evolved by two times speed. There's like there's not much that's evolved with a car. And I didn't think about it. It's very true. Like, sure, they changed now. You can put the windows up without having to roll that stick that stuck out of the car. Or now you just press a button. Now you can also just speak to your car. Now there's also an app. So it's getting there. But do you know that our brains have never evolved? We're still at the same level. And that is dangerous. And we need to all come together now that we know this information and do something about it and instill some sort of change for our future. A lot of you have children, newborns, toddlers, teenagers, even full adults. But the world, we have to keep it and we have to make sure we do right by our future. And that's the kids, the future children. So they don't have to live the way we're living. Social media is a complete distraction. And it can eat us alive if, if we let it control us. I'm telling you, my week away from social media, it, it did something to me. It made me a little bit more excited to even work on my business and to work on myself. And to lay down and just be with my thoughts. A lot of people can't even handle being with their own thoughts. They'd rather keep themselves busy and distracted with complete shit. Let's be real. I have to go there. They'd rather keep themselves busy with shit and things that will never suit them than to just be with their own thoughts and maybe even jump out of the depression they're in which let's be real, social media causes a lot of depression. And this is where it gets interesting for me. It gets very interesting here because they get very real. And Tim, I believe, mentions that each person has their own reality and their own set of facts on their phones. Now, since we roll by algorithm, 
Remember that word, algorithm. You have to remember that, here's an example. I'm going to use, I don't like to get political, but I feel it's important to use politics as an example because it's going to be very straight to the point and matter of fact. So let's just use Timmy as a random person. Timmy is a Republican. So the algorithm within Timmy's phone is going to be everything that Timmy believes in, everything that Timmy stands for, and what he searches for. So if Timmy is constantly searching for uh, politics on the Republican Party, he's also going to fall down a rabbit hole of anything that is linked to the Republican Party. So it's going to be an opposite of what I may be searching for. Let's see. Let's say I'm a Democrat, which I am. I don't like labels, but I'm not a Republican. No hate, nothing bad, just my own thing. But what I search for in my phone is the complete opposite of what Timmy searches for on his. So the both of us live in the same world. We may even live in the same neighborhood. We may be best friends. But what we see on an everyday basis, down from news, down to YouTube videos, down to comedy, down to all of that, is a chain of stuff for his world and what he sees in his world. So the way they describe it is if you see someone and you're wondering, where have you been? How did you not see this news? How didn't you get this information? How do you not know about Black Lives Matter? They don't know, not because they're ignorant, although some are. They don't know because the algorithm on their phone is not giving them that information, which means in the long run that technology and social media will pin us all against one another. We're all living the, what is it, the Truman Show, as they mentioned, and everyone's reality is different. One thing I found funny is they speak on Pizzagate. And I have my own opinions on Pizzagate that I'm not going to mention. And this is not about Pizzagate. But it made me feel as though they were forced. This is my personal opinion. I feel that while making this documentary, They spoke on many harsh realities about technology, but when they brought up Pizzagate, I feel as though it was a little way to debunk it once more. And I find that to be a little suspect, a little weird, and that's all I'm going to say on that. Moving right along. My opinion on Facebook fact-checking Don't you ever wonder, who is doing the fact-checking? Where is the information coming from? How do we know for a fact that this is not a way to throw us off from what they may really want us to know? We don't. And the thing is, is that there isn't just like a million people sitting behind a computer fact checking. It's a computer that's doing it. It's the algorithm that is doing it. How would the algorithm know that there is a conspiracy theory? How would it know if it's fact or fiction? 
So now we're stuck in a place where how do we believe what's true and what isn't? We'll never know. I'm going to take a quick break here and throw in a little sponsored moment. Be right back, you guys. Please listen to this one. It's important. So the question is, is social media dividing us? Are we on the brink of a culture war, as they stated? I believe that we are. From what I've noticed, especially during the quarantine time and throughout this pandemic, it's uh, so heightened, the dividedness that we have and the way that there is so much more depression. There's no truth anymore. Everything is fake news. We've kind of been pinning one another against each other. And and I think it's important for us to disconnect and reassess so that we can wake up from the matrix that we've been living in and that this documentary has been telling us that we're in and learn to use it differently. Why don't we, for my future creators out there, for people that love to make apps and websites and uh, my entrepreneurs out there, how about we create technology that is a little bit more helpful, a little bit more safe? We need more restrictions. We need more privacy. And also, aside from these softwares and these platforms and these companies, we need to take more control of ourselves. because. As much as we want, we can blame it on all of these luxuries and all of these things that we use and these distractions, these technologies. But at the end of the day, we can control ourselves and the decisions that we make, and we always have a choice. So what I am suggesting is that you use technology for what it will benefit to you. If it's going to bring you more success in a positive light, if you are if you are working hard for an end goal in your business or your singing career, your dancing career, your art career, whatever it may be, use technology for that, but also know when to disconnect and when to put your mental health first. You control the technology, not the other way around. And some of my last notes. Some things that I picked up from the documentary that stood out to me. (sighs) Sorry, I almost choked, you guys. I have to keep it real. I literally almost just choked on water. Trees and whales are worth more dead than alive. So what this means is that these corporations know exactly what they're doing. And they are using short-term thinking and hurting our future and us as the human race. Trees are used for what? To create other resources. And once you cut a tree down, there are some trees that are worth $100,000, $200,000, even more. I can sit here and talk about the tree from Rockefeller Center. <laughs> I used to work in that area. But... That's one that's one example. And this is something that you don't rarely th- you rarely think about this. Whales, 
whale is a delicacy. People actually eat whales. And a whale dead rather than alive costs so much more. The value is so high. And the whole point of them mentioning this is to let us know that anything, they'll use anything. And they're using us. They're using us knowing, knowing well that it's hurting us. It's hurting our mental health. It's hurting the children. It's hurting your success. It's hurting your relationship. Emphasis on relationship. I know a lot of you can relate on that. And I don't just mean by by cheating. I mean by disappearing and ignoring your spouse or your significant other. We have to find ways to distract ourselves with the things that we love and not the things that keep us entertained only. We have to have a richer way of living. And I don't mean money. I mean rich in friendship, rich in connection, rich in happiness and and not fakeness. Because posting a photo of yourself with a complete filter, with a cinched waist from Photoshop, with a pair of Louboutin shoes, not that there's an issue with any of this, but doing this and expecting and hoping for hundreds of likes and feeling validated by it, you're actually letting your audience know that, or actually you're letting yourself know, forget your audience, you're letting yourself know that that validation of the person you just created for them means more than the person you are. And you're not willing to show that person. And I want to remind people that there is a way of being private and also being on social media. Now, I may have, you may have known what I've gone through in the past. I may post every week or I may post a photo of myself in a garden. Who cares? It doesn't mean you know me. My life, my relationships, who I am behind closed doors, who I am with the people that I love, no one on social media will ever meet her. No one will ever know her. But those pieces of me that you do see are 100% me and what I'm okay sharing. And if you can find a balance with that, and disconnect and know when to connect again, then we can actually create a future that will be beneficial to all of us and will kind of take these corporations and show them that we deserve more privacy and we deserve not to be lab rats. How do we do that? I feel like we have to come up with a way to do that. But we all have to get on the same page first. It's going to be difficult. And I know that this is probably going to be a situation that takes years. And I'm talking about 15, 20 years. So this is going to be for our children and their world. I I can think of all the ways that social media has negatively impacted my life down from jealousy. I used to question my life. I've questioned my beauty. I've questioned my value. I've questioned why at a certain age I haven't been where another person is. I've done that all because of what I've seen on social media and what 
social media feeds me to what they make me believe or what I've allowed them to believe. But I want to change it. And if you notice and if you follow my brand and if you follow any of my YouTube channel, this podcast, of course, my Instagram, I have more than one niche. And usually, I I want you guys to hear me out on this because this is important. And this is a way that you can stick out. And this is a way that we can all change the game. When you go on YouTube, they want you to have a certain type of thumbnail. They want you to have a certain type of sound. They want you to only be good at one thing and showcase that one thing. And that is what they base your success on. Another example is, and this is a better one. So so listen to this one a little bit better because I'm getting a little thirsty and hungry here. <laughs> it's been a couple hours, but I want to give you guys this information because it's super important. When you go on Instagram, and let's say you want to hire, you want to hire an influencer. This is just ridiculous example, but it's a good one. You want to hire an influencer. Let's say that she's a stylist and you go on her page and her Instagram page is perfectly, perfectly curated. Her, You know off rip that her algorithm is set because she has a theme on her page. Everything is perfectly written. All the photos are color coordinated and everything's written a certain way with a 10 hashtags or more. That is a structure that I will never follow. I used to do it and I realized that I was only doing it to be like those people, to be like those pages that I saw. And that was not me. That was not Coco. So for me, I believe that when you go to my YouTube page and when you go to my Instagram, I want to make it like life. I want to make it real because I'm a real human being. And I feel that people connect most with people that are real and not trying to just sell them something. When you go to a page like that, yes, it's beautiful. And yes, you know, oh, wow, they took the time to do this. I'm not knocking it. I think it's beautiful. We love an aesthetic. But what we also notice is that is not the person. Who is this person? Who is that person? You can go to my page. Let's say I have the same niche as she does. And you'll see my personality. You'll see everything is colorful. Or maybe one day I felt like black and white was the logo to create. That's because I want it to be like life. It depends on my mood. I can't create art and make it the same for a different topic each week. When I create art, I want it to be different. I want you to come back and see a different side of me all the time. I want you to see, yes, I can do many things that I love. I'm passionate about more than one thing. And this is a way to stand out. Does it hurt the algorithm? A little bit. Will it take a little longer to get where you want to (laughs) be? It probably will because of the way these corporations are. But, but will you get an honest crowd? Will you get a loyal base of people that want to continue coming back to you? Depending on what you do, of course. Because once you get loyalty as a, a client, as a customer, they refer their friends 
their friends tell their friends and their family members. And that is a more accurate, innocent, genuine way of growing rather than just doing something and and following a structure of people that don't even, that are all doing the same thing and probably are doing it because they saw it on someone else's pages that had a million followers and they felt this is the way that the world has to work. So break the cycle. Delete what is not necessary. This means apps, photos, contact numbers, everything. Delete what is not necessary. Shut off your notifications at a certain time. I'm not saying the whole day. Start little. Maybe around 9 p.m., you shut off the notifications. Maybe every Sunday or every other Sunday, you throw your phone in the drawer all the way in the back and just let it just forget about it and spend some quality time with your significant other, your family, your friends. Consider checking your sources before you make a post. Before you let out information to the world, make sure it is legit. Read all the sides. And one of the ladies with the blue hair, she was awesome. She mentioned that it's cool to follow people that you don't agree with because you get to see a different point of view. If you're constantly only looking at your opinion, aren't you subjecting yourself to being in a bubble? You only want to see what you like and what you know. That's the reason why I love Twitter and TikTok, because the algorithm sometimes puts Candace Owen. And while I can't stand her, I try to listen to her just to see why and how she thinks and how it's different from what I think. And that's pretty important to do because it's going to show you a whole other side of things that you don't agree with and you may see differently at the end of the day. Keep your kids off of social media. When I say this, I'm not throwing any puns at people that already have it. But it is so bad for your children. If they're using it for their studies, that is one separate thing. But I believe, and also it's funny, this documentary believes that 16 is a good age to allow social media. Any time before then, also, you have to think of all of the crazy things going on in the world. You cannot monitor everything. Um, Pedophilia is huge in our world. And your child posting a picture or being online allows an open communication between someone that can threaten their life in any kind of way. Even if it's just looking at them without you knowing, you post these pictures of your kids and they're there for the rest of life. They don't even get to choose. So like, for example, one thing I'm never going to do is I'm not posting my child. My friends will get photos. Sure, I'll have photos. But I'm going to play the Zoe Saldana, the Channing Tatum, the who else does it? Justin Timberlake, you don't see their children's faces. If you notice that, no, you don't know what these kids look like. If they are in photos, it's their faces blurred out or it's like the back of their head or just a crazy angle, like they're eating and the burger is uh, taking over their face. I want to live that kind of life because I want my child to choose 
whether they want their face and their, themselves plastered all over the internet for the world to consume. Keep your phones and your iPads off the dinner table, retrain your brain, and maybe try to disconnect once a month. Let's break the manipulation. Let's stop existing and start living. This was super informative for me. I hope that it makes you think. I hope that it makes you do some research and dig a little deeper. And if you do disconnect, if you do take the time to try any of the challenges that I mentioned today, please DM me and let me know. And maybe we could start a challenge every month and try to change our future and shape it to where it would be better for our children and better for the world itself. Because technology is taking over. It's taken over me and it's taken all of over us. And it's time for us to take control back of our own lives. I'll see you guys next week, Wednesday at 5 a.m. Thank you for tuning in to Coco Explains It All. Don't forget to tune into Netflix and check out The Social Dilemma. It is still trending and it is a good listen and a good watch. Good night, guys.